The Adam Crowley Show. What is that? It's, there's some still. Oh, there's some still stuck to my mouth. Get rid of it. I can't, it's awful. Okay, uh, sweet, uh, I heard a little bit of Harry Carey. Uh, uh, Adam Crowley uh, on ESPN Pittsburgh. You have found the Crowley Show, where your mom listens, and you should too. 412-922-2874 is the number to call. Or you can join the cast of dozens and follow me on Twitter at underscore Adam Crowley. Tell your kids, tell your wife, we doing radio up in here. I saw a woman step out of a porta john here at Steelers training camp at St. Vincent College, smoking a cigarette, wearing a jersey, wearing Crocs. It begs the question, did she have sex in there? What's the most yinzer thing you've ever seen? Get after me on the Twitter and the phone number, as I mentioned, 412-922-2874. It was the longest cigarette I've ever seen, too. Corella DeVille had those cigarette holders. She just had a cigarette as long as Corella DeVille's, and it was already half-smoked, so, I mean, that shiz was long. We'll get to the Steelers coming up in a few minutes. The Pirates wasted the series against the Mets. Just a disgrace. And yes, I know they had just come off winning 11 games in a row. You can't win every series. You can't be dominant every series. Well, yeah, you can if you're a true playoff team. If you are a team that fancies yourself a contender, a contender, then you've got to beat the Mets three out of four times. You have to. Especially when you beat Jacob DeGrom. When you beat the best pitcher that they've got to offer, one of, if not the best pitchers in the National League, you have got to win three out of four. And the Pirates now sit four games back in the NL wildcard race. The Brewers are on fire. They're playing really good baseball right now. Arizona's playing really good baseball right now. Arizona just added the player who has hit the most doubles in the league this year at 38. So they could already score runs. Now they can score more runs. And the Pirates, they have done nothing except for lose Corey Dickerson and Josh Bell. The Cubs are on the schedule. The Cardinals are on the schedule. The Braves come on twice. The Pirates have a very difficult grind ahead of them. And easing into that grind is the New York Mets. Look at their lineup. No is Drupal Cabrera. Throwing out guys with like 500 OPSs. That lineup is awful. And yeah, you shut them down a couple of days. But you score no runs on Sunday. That was the one that hurt. The first one stinks because you don't play well at all. Gregory Polanco boots a ball and right. David Freeze can't make a routine throw to first base. You got pass balls, bad pitching. The whole thing was a disgrace. But on Sunday, you can't score one run against the Mets. You can't scratch one across the table. You can't get one in, and you give up a damn RBI double to Blake Wheeler. It's Zach Wheeler. Blake Wheeler's a hockey player. My heart's in the right place, though. Puck all day, baby. You can't lose that game that way. And they did. The Pirates wasted an opportunity to stay within three or two and a half games in the wild card race. 
This is what the Pirates front office is waiting for, though, right? It's been what they've been waiting for since 2011. In 2011, the Pirates were in it, then they collapsed. 2012, in it, they collapsed. 2013, bam, wild card. 2014, bam, wild card. 2015, 98 wins, and you're wild card. The last couple of years, they've been in it. So every year since 2011, at the trade deadline, the Pittsburgh Pirates have been in this shiz. They've been right there. Within striking distance of the wild card and sometimes even the division. And what you hear every year is that the Pirates' organizational philosophy is for that to be the case. Be good enough to be in it, and if you get hot, you get hot. If you don't, well, hey, there's always next year. But they have done some good things at the trade deadline since 2011. In 2011, they added Derek Lee and Ryan Ludwig. Derek Lee was amazing as a Pittsburgh Pirate. In 2012, they added Wandy Rodriguez, Travis Snyder, Gabby Sanchez, and Chad Qualls. 2015, they added Aramis Ramirez, Joe Blanton, Joaquin Soria, Jay Happ, and Michael Morris. Jay Happ was amazing. The best pitcher in baseball down the stretch. The Pirates won eight games with him on the hill. In 2016, they moved Mark Melanson to Washington, which stunk because they were only three games out, but they got Felipe Vasquez in return. Another legit relief pitcher who has had a far better career since Melanson has left because Melanson's been hurt than Melanson has. Then there was the shipping off of Francisco Liriano for Drew Hutchinson. That stunk. But they acquired Ivan Nova and Antonio Bastardo in 2016. Last year they sent Tony Watson and acquired Joaquin Benoit. So the Pirates have added at the deadline, and what they've said is they're going to keep the window open for as long as possible, and the hope is if you're a team that profiles and projects to be in the 80s, then you can sneak up and get a wild card spot, and once you get in the playoffs, all bets are off. It's a crapshoot. That's their belief system. Okay, well, if you really do believe that the playoffs are a crapshoot, if you really do believe that you've got a shot when you get in, then when you are this close, four games back, you got to go for it. And I'm not saying go all in. I'm not saying get rid of every single one of the prospects you like. Don't get rid of Kramer and Newman and Brian Hayes. You don't have to get rid of all those guys. You don't have to get rid of Austin Meadows. You can make smart acquisitions, bring players in that make this baseball team better without parting with the future. Or you could say, you know what? We can part with the future to add something that will also help us in the future. Vis-a-vis, you get rid of a guy like Austin Meadows... And you bring in a guy like Chris Archer, who's under team control for a couple more seasons. And very cheap, even by pirate standards, if you're paying a guy who profiles as a top-of-the-rotation dude for $10 million, $11 million a season. Go do something. If every year you think, okay, we'll see, we're going to be close to good enough, well, now you are. Put yourself in the playoffs. If it's such a crapshoot, if you believe that any team that gets in can win it, then why not push yourself to get in? And Neil Huntington said, they're not looking to subtract, they're looking to add. And a lot of the time, Neil Huntington says things to say things. This time, I believe him. And I started to wonder, do you get more out of Josh Harrison and David Freeze by just keeping them now and seeing if they can help you make a playoff spot than if you ship them out? I mean, who wants David Freeze? What are you really going to get in return? Low A-ball player who is a... Mid-500s prospect? I mean, what are you really going to get? What are you going to get for Josh Harrison at this point? His contract is affordable for a team that takes on contract, but why would you want to pay that kind of money for an average baseball player who has played below average this year? Uh, What are you going to get for those guys? Cervelli has been banged up. Then he comes back. Then he's banged up again. What are you really going to get for him? 
I think maybe the Pirates are better served keeping those guys, seeing if they can help if they play well off the bench, and move a couple of them in the offseason. Lance Lysowski is going to be joining us in about 11 minutes here on the Crowley Show. They will add. It just depends what it is. Kevin Gossman, one of the rumored uh, attempted acquisitions for these Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, okay, he's got a good splitter. It's one of the best pitches in baseball, actually, if you look at some of the sabermetrics. But his numbers don't profile as a guy who's going to get better. You look at A.J. Burnett when the Pirates brought him in, and you look at his ex-FIP, which is fielding independent pitching, which is a good barometer of how a player's going to pitch in the future, and it's lower than his ERA. Francisco Liriano, same thing. These are good predictors. You think, okay, these players will wind up being better for us if we can tweak it here, tweak it there, and some of the results start to normalize. When I look at Kevin Gossman, you look at the highlights, and the highlights are great, but there are a lot of lowlights. And you look at his ex-FIP as it compares to his ERA, and they're almost the same. And for the most part of in his career, aside from two years, they've been the same. So he is what he is. Moving him to the National League would help, I think, a little bit. But he'd wind up being what? A four ERA guy here? And you've got a starting rotation filled with four ERA guys. Look, if you don't have to give up much to get him, get him because he adds depth. And he's controllable. But isn't he just a little bit of what they already have? I do want that closer from the Texas Rangers, if I'm a Pirates fan. Go out get that guy out of the back end of your bullpen, and then that pitching staff filled with pitchers who have the 4 ERA. Well, they can go five innings, be legit, and the bullpen can clean things up. I bet you Neil Huntington does something. Hell, he might even do something when I'm on my drive home tonight. He might do it overnight, but I do think he'll get something done before 4, and our show starts at 4 tomorrow. 412-922-2874 is the number to call. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. Steelers practice has wrapped up here from St. Vincent College in Latrobe, and the injuries have been aplenty. But none of them seem to be all that serious. Sean Davis, TJ Watt, Juju Smith-Schuster, Vance McDonald did not practice. And it's because it's day three of contact now? Okay. Fabulous. Sometimes guys are going to get nicked. You don't have to have them out there every day. The threshold for staying in a practice at St. Vincent College, as opposed to the UPMC Rooney Sports Complex during the regular season, is fairly different. If you are healthy enough that you can play, even through pain, you do it during the regular season. If you feel anything, a tinge, a tweak, you don't go out there here in training camp. And I'm sure a lot of the players, I mean, you're trying to protect yourself from yourself. I could go, but my hamstring's tight. Uh, I better ease off of it so I don't tear it. Absolutely. These kind of injuries happen all the time early in camp. I remember, and this is a good example, Darrell Revis, whenever he held out, he comes back late in the season, well, a couple games in the season, and he pulls a hamstring right away. You're not in football shape. It happens to guys all the freaking time. So I don't think it's that big of a deal, and I certainly don't think it's because Mike Tomlin has these guys hitting out here. And I've heard a lot of that on Twitter.com. I know they were talking about that on the station across the street today. The Steelers tackle too much at practice. 
What are they doing? Should they be a little bit more finesse out there? No. When you are one of the worst teams in the National Football League at tackling, the only way to get better is to tackle. There is a line. How much contact is too much contact? And you can check out my blog at ESPNPGH.com for more of my thoughts. But I think every day that you're allowed to tackle, you should at least have one period of tackling. How's Sean Davis going to learn how to play the free safety position and learn the angles if he's running up and arm tackling dudes and wrapping them as opposed to actually trying to put their asses on the ground? You can't. You can't learn a proper angle whenever you're pulling up and, and, and laying off a guy. No chance. Terrell Edmonds needs to know what it's like to hit an NFL player and to get blocked by NFL players and how quick these guys move and what kind of angles he needs to take. Tackling's necessary to play on the defensive side in the National Football League. You have to be able to do it. And if you're a young guy or if you're a tad rusty, if you're trying to get ready for the regular season, you can't if you're not hitting. It doesn't make sense not to do it. When Detroit came in here a couple of years ago for the joint practice, I thought, why the hell don't they do this? Sometimes, some practices, once maybe every other practice, they did goal line drills where they would tackle. That was it. That's it. You're not doing yourself a service, and I understand CTE. I understand that concussions happen. But if you don't practice the technique of tackling... If you don't practice putting guys on the ground, I think you're more likely to let those things happen during the regular season. Where you don't do the proper technique, and you go in with your eyes up, and, well, we saw what happened to Ryan Shazier, but it can happen far more often, I think, if you're not practicing the proper technique out here. I think it's safer for them to contact, and I think it's better for the team and their overall standing and their overall defensive play to do it too. Coming up next, we switch back to baseball. What will the Pirates do at the deadline? Lance Lysowski of DKPittsburghSports.com will hop on. You're listening to The Crowley Show. Adam Crowley. You not know any of the lyrics? There are no lyrics. <laughs> but if I had to mix them up, I would probably go with Oh, Chechnya, oh, Chechnya. I love this freaking country. The Adam Crowley Show. Love that show. On ESPN Pittsburgh. Me and Wes, we're the only two people around St. Vincent College, around the fields. Everyone else is either in the cafeteria or going to Sharky's to get their libations on. Hey, there's no practice tomorrow. I'm going home to my wife, baby. I should say my wife, who is my baby. Well, my dog's really my baby. My wife's just my wife. I love my wife. I love my dog. I can't wait to go home. I'll be in studio tomorrow with Tom and Brian. Looking forward to that. Wednesday, though, back here at St. Vincent College in Latrobe. Be here on Thursday as well. If you are in the area... And you want to come say hello, you can. Either here, when you go to Steelers practice, or just any night at Sharky's. You come out, we're doing the radio shows. You come out, we're there after. I will sign your baby. I will sign your wife. I will sign your dog. I will sign your breast. Whatever you want from me, I will do it. Which brings me to a story. It was a couple of years ago. It was Sharky's. And I was outside. This back when I smoked. I was a bad guy. And there was a heavier set woman. And she said... I just met Ben Roethlisberger. He signed my bosom. And I said, I don't believe it. 
And then she flashed me. And I wish that I had just believed her. The Pirates are four games out of the wild card. Lance Lysowski joins us now as the trade deadline is oh, about 22 hours, 21 hours and 27 minutes away. Uh, Lance, thanks for coming on, man. Always a pleasure, Adam. You say that as though it's not, though. It sounds fairly sarcastic. It is. No, uh, wholeheartedly, you are the best to go on. The questions are great. I think we always have some great dialogue. It's a good time, honestly. Yeah, I don't buy it at all. Lance Lysowski yeah, joining us here. <laughs> TK Pittsburgh Sports Talk. Yeah, it's always a pleasure to have you on, too, Lance. Uh, Lance, will the Pirates do what they've always done at the deadline of late since really 2011? Not by sexy, but by anyhow. I think that that's the route they'll go. The one thing that stood out, Neil Huntington talked to reporters before the game on Sunday is that they're not going to trade any of their veterans. What they've done the last couple of years is they traded some expiring contracts and then also added, you know, the one move in 16 is where they got rid of Melanson, added a Von Nova, who was actually a rental at the time. It looks like they're just going to buy. So are they going to go out and get Chris Archer? I think they're kicking the tires, to use a phrase, uh, on even, you know, the more high-profile guys, but I don't think they're going to want to pay the price tag, which, of course, would include someone like Mitch Keller, Austin Meadows, the top prospects, of course. I can see them making more minor move, maybe even Kevin Gosman from the Orioles or some relief help. There's a lot of relievers out there, so the, the price tag shouldn't be too high in regard to that. When I look at Kevin Gosman, he looks like a player who's never really found his potential, and the Pirates love those kind of guys because they are usually easy to acquire without having to spend a lot of prospects or money. Uh, but at the same time, when I look at numbers like XFIP, numbers that do uh, help predict future performance, they're kind of in line with his ERA. So a guy like Gossman, does he come in and, and automatically upgrade this baseball team? That's the question. The, the one thing that is attractive to the Pirates about a guy like Gossman is he's, on, he's under contractual control beyond this year. They don't like Reynolds. They don't want Reynolds. And the one thing about getting a pitcher like Gossman at the age he is, who's had success in the past, under control through next year is it gives you more time that, hey, if it doesn't work out this year, you can still hand them over to race series and see if things can work out next year. There's just not a whole lot of guys on the market in terms of the Kevin Gossman's runner contract, and a lot of teams aren't really motivated to get rid of a pitcher under control because just the prices in free agency, as much right. as the market was weird, even Jake Arrieta you know, got that humongous contract, and it looks like those sort of price tags aren't going anywhere. Lance Lysowski, DKPittsburghSports.com. Joining us here on the Crowley Show, uh, what do you think the biggest need for this team is? Is it bullpen arm, starter, or now that they are injured at first base and in the outfield, do they kick the tires on a guy like that who might help uh, in the short term and then maybe later on on the bench? Well, I think they should upgrade the rotation. I just don't know, again, if they're willing to pay the price back. <laughs> right. I would go after Zach Wheeler, the pitcher who just dominated them. Yesterday at PNC Park, you know, of course, again, under control through next year, having a career year and, and has been good in the past. So it's not like this is just a complete, you know, blip on the radar. Somebody like that, you know, I know Jacob DeGrom's not available, but a really top of the rotation guy I might look at Chris Archer if, if I were for Neil Huntington and you might actually want to pay the price tag and maybe part with Austin Meadows and try to get Corey Dickerson under contract long term. That's an actual upgrade. I don't know if yes. Kevin Gosman or one of those lower-level starters would be any better than Avon Nova or even Nick Kingham at this point. And bullpen help if you can find it, because it looks like right now 
Clint Hurdle still doesn't entirely trust Stephen Brawl, Tyler Glass now, and right now even Alex McCray's in the bullpen with meaningful innings. They need another guy they can turn to. You know, with you know a one-run game, you can't always try to Edgar Santana or Kyle Crick. And Richard Rodriguez, is, his control has been a complete mess You know, as of late, too. So they need to err on the side of caution and add to that group. Aside from the last start by Kingham, the starters have been great of late. Uh, I think maybe that would give the Pirates pause, given that and the market that you just described. Yeah, of course. I mean, it, it, you, you want to upgrade, and it looks like I know it, everybody wants them to make a trade. I know the fans want them to make a trade, and even the players want them to to a certain extent. But to do so, it, it needs to be an upgrade. And, you know, if you're just going to get the same results out of, you know, Kevin Gosman as you would from Nick Kingham or Yvonne Nova, what's the point? You know, I don't think the, the issue is taking on salary as much as, you know, Bob Nutting and everybody in the front office has earned that reputation of perhaps being a little cheap. They're going to clear a lot of salary off the books, you know, in free agency this year. Jory Mercer is going to be gone. They could very well buy out Josh Harrison and David Free. So there's going to be money to spend. It's just whether or not, okay, if you're going to trade prospects, you better get something that's actually going to help you win down the stretch because this isn't going to be easy. I mean, the, the Cubs and the Brewers got significantly better over the last couple of weeks, and that is something you have to take under, under consideration. Lance Lysowski joining us here on the Crowley Show. How bad is it for Bell? Uh, it, it still looks like it's a little early to determine that. Oblique injuries always are a little iffy. I mean, Marte stink, came man. back in the minimum and was pretty slow when he did return. It took him some time to, to really overcome that injury. Again, this is something they should be concerned about because I know David Freese can step in there right now, but you've seen the drop-off when the bench players have been in there for the most part, whether it was Wednesday in Cleveland, Marte got hurt and Dickerson was out, or hey, yesterday against Zach Wheeler. Um, adding a bench bat wouldn't be a terrible idea right now, because Corey Dickerson's never dealt with a hamstring injury in the past, and let's not forget, he's also in the DL. He's supposed to be back on Saturday against the Cardinals, but you never know, and you know, again, bench bats, Minor bullpen pieces; those are very, you know, those are small commodities that wouldn't cost you an arm and a leg to, to get. So, if you're not going to get that top of the rotation starter, I still think there are ways to add to make this club better. Lance, what are you hearing on Dickerson? It seems like he he was pushing to play. He wanted to play. Just the way that he does play, which is pretty much all out, and the relentless player is the way he described himself that they're going to err on the side of caution with us, which I don't blame them. His numbers in the second half in the last couple of years, last year in particular, weren't great. Uh, and injury was part of that. You know, he kind of broken down over the season because he wasn't able to do any weightlifting the previous offseason. They should just take it easy with him. I mean, this is an opportunity to give Austin Meadows some at-bats. They've got a couple of lefties coming up against the Cubs, Cole Hamels and uh, John Lester they're going to face. So you can throw Jordan Luplo out there, give him some reps. It's mm-hmm. Bell that I would be more concerned about at the moment. Now, to go back on that with Bell, uh, you mentioned Freeze at first base. What do you think the status is on Cervelli moving the first? It doesn't look like it's something they're going to consider. Uh, he's a light, he would be a light-hitting first baseman. There's really not a whole lot of upside there. They might actually you know, better off putting Jose Osuna over there just because the defense is really solid. There's always the upside against left-handed pitching. I don't know. It seems like they really want to try to make Cervelli work behind the plate. I mean, given he is your highest paid player, and all of his value is really tied up into the work he does behind the plate. So they're going to ride that out and see what they can get. But Elias Diaz is playing so well. I don't know how much you can really take him out of the lineup. And I don't know if Quinn Hurdle is so sure of what the plan is either. Can Marte and Polanco carry this team if it's no bell and it's 
no Dickerson. Can the two of them keep the Pirates in this thing? They're going to need to. I mean, this is the best baseball Polanco has played since, what, the first couple of weeks he was up in the bigs? I mean, this is a really nice stretch here. Um, and Marte, again, even I know that, what, his hitting streak ended on Saturday, but he's still hitting the ball really well. I had a hit yesterday. So uh, those two are going to make this team go. You know, with, with those other guys out, I don't know how long they can go <laughs> with this with this run. You're kind of waiting for Polanco to get into one of those slumps because he always does, but – those are the two that are kind of driving the bus right now because they're not getting really much of anything from Jordy Mercer, Josh Harrison, and even Colin Moran to an extent, even though he's had a couple of big hits the last couple of days. Not to be that guy with the arbitrary endpoints, but Pirates have now won just two of their last five baseball games. Well, at the same time, Arizona has started to really pick it up, and Milwaukee started to pick it up, plus they've both made some moves. I just don't think the Pirates can stay in this. And I think that it is right now kind of a danger zone for this baseball team. When you're four games back, you go on a two-game losing streak, you could be six back. At that point, you're really out of the whole darn thing. Yeah, I, I don't envy Neil Huntington. He's in, a, he's in a tough spot because I, I know there is external pressure to make a move, but is one player going to put you ahead of even the Brewers at this point, you know, let alone the Cubs. And you look at the wild card. The Diamondbacks are a very good baseball team. There's some real teams in this race right now that I think have a, a, more talent than the Diamondbacks do. Maybe not more talent, but definitely more depth. Mm-hmm. So if, if the Pirates are going to do it, if, they, if they're really going to make the push, I don't think one bullpen arm can really do it. They're going to have to to get another starting pitcher, you know, add another bullpen piece and maybe another bench bat. Now, are they willing to sacrifice maybe a Mitch Keller for that? I just don't think so, given where their young players are at right now, their development curve. It's not only Josh Bell was hitting for power before the injury. Colin Moran stole a rookie. So they might think that the best is yet to come and maybe look towards next year rather than adding now. All right, let me get your percentages here, Lance. It's not a very nice thing to do, but I'm going to do it to you anyhow. Uh, the percentages that the Pirates get a guy like a Gossman uh, and a, a reliever that can add some depth uh, as opposed to a guy with years of control like or who's also a bigger name like a Chris Archer? I would say that their, their odds of getting that reliever or maybe you know four or five starting pitcher would be, let's put it at 70%. Adam, and I think the whole Archer deal, five, maybe 10% oh. is generous. And I think the rest is them just standing pat, not doing anything. Because let's not forget that a lot of moves do happen in August. I know the non-waiver deadline is that sexy date everybody likes to look to. But Neil Huntington does have a history of making moves in August. And it seems like it's become more popular in recent years that teams are, are going out and, and waiting through the deadline to, to make those, those moves uh, in the final month. Well, and the other thing that's interesting about that, at least to me, is it seems like the deadline's pushed back this year. It just in, in terms of the season, with the All-Star break, you come out of the break, and it was only 10 games, and now it's under yep. 60 games, and it just, whoever you bring in, I mean, how much are they really going to be able to help you? How many games can they add to your win column if there's 58 games to go? So you have to have a lot of confidence in the core that you already have. I know that Neil Huntington has that, but the timing of the Dickerson and Bell injuries throws kind yeah. of a wrench in that plan. Uh I would just be very cautious when when you look at adding to that rotation because the market's not very great this year in terms of getting a guy midseason. And if if I were him, I would add a bullpen piece like Jared Hughes, who has a 
career high 60 over 60 percent ground ball rate for the reds right now who's under control for next year at a very low cost and i would add a bench bat because then that way you don't have to you know keep bouncing austin meadows jordan luplo or adam frazier is that you know backup outfielder you can get somebody who is a little bit more experienced in that role because you know what injuries happen they've been pretty lucky in that regard this year there haven't been any terribly serious ones other than cervelli's concussion issue so prepare yourself for the second half and then hey uh, if you think next year is a better opportunity which i'm starting to think that's what neil huntington thinks then you go for it then lance the pirate schedule gets really tough but it's also a bunch of the teams that they're chasing or lumped in with in the wild card in the division so Good thing or bad thing? Um, I think it's a bit of both, and that, that, that also kind of plays into the fact that they might wait. I mean, if, if they perform really poorly against the Cubs and the Cardinals this week at home, then you don't do anything. And then maybe you unload Mercer and Harrison in August, you know, or, or David Freeze as well. Avon Nova try to pass them through waivers then make a trade. It, it's a good thing now because I guess you can gauge where you're at. Neil Huntington's going to know at the end of the week, okay, well, we closed this amount of ground. We're in good shape. Or if the Pirates have a really terrible week, they fall out of it, then you have a pretty clear picture what the final two months are. Right. Uh, uh, it's, it's just, a, I guess, one of those natural things in baseball. I mean, they fared much better on the road against the Reds and the Indians than I or pretty probably anybody outside of that organization expected. So who knows? Lance, really good stuff, man. Appreciate the time and look forward to your reporting over the next couple of days with the deadline here. Always a pleasure, Adam. Hey, have fun down on Latrobe. I miss it this year. Yeah, man. Are you are you gonna make any stops by? Have they got you working any double shifts? <laughs> no, no. All baseball for me this year. No, it's fun though. I'm curious to see what happens next twenty four hours, and then uh, we go to Denver next week. So, have fun. Uh, smoke some pot. <laughs> yeah, let's chat from there. Yeah, we'll have him on at four twenty. Bang! Coming up next, it's the hottest take of the day. It's other crap and the three stars of the show, which I'm guessing are all Tom because he's a biased jackass. Seems to be in Pittsburgh. The Adam Crowley Show. Are you putting me in a position to pull a Phil Kessel or something like that right now? Is that what you're saying? I think you did pull a Phil Kessel, and now we're calling you on it like we're calling Dunlap, baby. <laughs> oh, man. Am I on the air right now? Yeah, you're on the air. Oh, I love it. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. No. <laughs> Adam Crowley on ESPN Pittsburgh. Terrell Edmonds has two interceptions of Ben Roethlisberger's in as many Ben Roethlisberger practices. So that's to say, he's the next one. He's the next Troy. Sign him up. Let him play. Week one, let him start at both safety positions, both free and strong. I kid. Although he has gotten better, it seems, every day. And you look at him, he's an athlete. He's a freak. He's big. He's strong. But he's kind of built like a Telvin Smith. Uh, You could put him in the middle of your defense, and you could look at him, and you could say, okay, this guy can play linebacker, he can play safety. You need these hybrid guys in the league. Ryan Chazier was kind of that. And, well... That stinks. Stinks for him. Stinks for the Steelers. Good to see Terrell Edmonds performing and balling out here, though. Mike Tomlin said of the Ramon Foster injury that it's a four-week time frame for him to return. He confirmed that the hyperextension and bone bruise uh, are the causes, which is what we thought from the beginning. And look, I heard four to six. 
You get whispers when you're here at camp. People who know things tell you things. If it's closer to four, oh, he'll be back by opening day. You don't miss a beat. If it's closer to six, guess what? Okay, he misses a game or two. Either way, he's not missing the season. It's time, baby, for the hottest take of the day. It's time for the hottest take of the day. There was a cowboy fan at Cowboys training camp that was holding a Donald Trump sign at practice. And you know what? That's okay. Because that's the country that we live in. I don't like Donald Trump. If you follow me on Twitter, you know that. If you listen to the show, you know that. I didn't vote for him. I don't like him. But I don't often make politics a part of the show. You hear people all the time say, Oh, stick to sports. Stick to sports. Stick to sports. And most of the time what they're saying is, No, stick to the politics that I agree with. And if not, then you stick to sports. So now, all my friends, you know, the liberal media, they're smoking this guy. They're saying, oh, you're one of the people who probably says stick to sports. Well, maybe they're not. And by you doing that, isn't that as bad as them saying to you stick to sports? I think it is. It's you saying you can't bring this sign to a practice when, in fact, they very well can. It's not offensive. It's a name. It shouldn't offend you. It shouldn't bother you. You should be okay with it because we are in the United States of America. And if you want to bring something to Cowboys Stadium, you can. Hell, I bet you can walk in with a gun to Cowboys practice. It's Texas. Open carry for everyone, baby. Don't get me started on guns. I better stick to sports. That's the hottest take of the day. Woo! Other crap. Sean Newcomb lost his no-hitter bid with two outs in the ninth inning. He bombed. Woo! Other crap. The Colts quarterback has survived throwing passes this week at training camp. That's lucky. Woo! Other crap. A sports columnist in San Francisco says that Jimmy Garoppolo shouldn't be dating porn stars. More like Jimmy grabbed below. Woo! Other crap. I'll take his place. Woo! Other crap. The San Francisco treat. Woo! Other crap. More like San Francisco 69ers. Woo! Other crap. That's a tight end right there. Woo! Other crap. Betcha she likes victory formation. Woo! Other crap. And gaps and holes. Woo! Other crap. Her favorite's the spread. Woo! Other crap. I bet you she doesn't only like pulling guards. She likes pulling quarterback. Woo! Other crap. Bet she loves it when it goes through the uprights. Woo! Other crap. She likes it in the end zone. Woo! Other crap. Also a fan of the touchback. Woo! Other crap. She always goes for two. Woo! 
other crap. She right. likes she likes centers because they snap it off. Woo! Other crap. Rhymes with punt. Woo! Other crap. It's been Woo! 600. Other crap. Days since Pit Basco won a conference game. It's time for the three stars of the show. It's time for the three stars of the show. Third star. Tonight's third star of the show, Santa Claus. My father and I were walking out of a Steelers regular season game. It was against the Baltimore Ravens. I was young. I was 11 or 12, and I saw Santa P himself. That's right. Santa P. Himself. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was a it was a problem. Daddy, why Santa peeing himself? Well, Adam, Santa had a little too much eggnog. Second star. Tonight's second star of the show, respecting America's pastime. I want you to look at some things that were going on today in batting practice here with the Dodgers. What do you see? T-shirts? You see Chase Utley with no socks and pants up over his knees. T-shirt. This was prevalent with their whole team. And I think about play, uh, fans that come to SunTrust Park who are Dodgers fans and want to see their players. They had no idea who any of, any of them were. Nobody had any kind of uniform or batting practice shirt on with their name on their jersey. They looked very unprofessional. It's called a uniform for a reason. First star. And tonight's first star of the show, Yinzers. <laughs> yeah, Kenny Wood can be fairly trashy. And you know how you can really see the yinzerish of the yinzers at Kennywood is the people that have their clothes soaked because they've been on the Pittsburgh plunge like 18 times in a row. And they're like, hey, Dad, we're going down a plunge one more time. You tell the kids to stay down a potato patch for about another hour and a half, alright? Me and Ron are going to go on a couple more runs. And they're just like soaked from head to toe for the whole day they're there. Is she a wide receiver? No. <laughs> no. Yeah. Yes. You don't, you, don't, you don't think so? No. Absolutely. Okay. She's got a wide out. What? <laughs> you know how they sometimes describe women as shaped as hourglasses. No, our glasses are shaped like that porn star. Did you see her? Yeah, that's that's like not that's like Jessica, Jessica Rabbit non-human. Yeah, she's she is not she's not natural, baby. You know, she's kind of proof. Like honestly, everybody gets all like, oh, porn star, porn star, but she's really not that pretty. Like when you look at her, it's a it's a weird look. It does. It looks almost cartoonish. But I mean, I'm not judging or anything. But I mean, but as far as uh, those kind of girls go, you know. Who let the dogs out? I bet you she likes stick them. <laughs> Tomorrow on the show, I am back in studio with Tom and Brian. No way. I'm excited, baby. Don't know what the hell we're going to talk about. Oh, yeah. Trade deadline. Maybe no football. How about that? No football tomorrow. That's hey, Adam. A lie. Yeah. She's really bad at defense. She lets anybody through the hole. See you tomorrow.